1: everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. And if you missed the first episode of 2019 with Shante Cofield, a.k.a. the Movement Maestro, I highly suggest you hop back and listen to that one because it feeds really well into today's episode with my guest, Jeanette Bronet. She is a performance strategist, international TEDx and keynote speaker, author, CEO, and founder of Path for Life, Inc., Jeanette helps leaders and companies rethink performance by asking the right why. She teaches them how to create a culture of care by unlocking what truly drives performance, engagement, and motivation from the inside out. For 15 years, she has coached clients and delivered speeches about how physical health and emotional well-being affect performance and prevent stress and burnout. She knows how focusing on how our mindset affects our self-care habits at work And at home, and believes that when we leave our humanity at the door when we go to work, we leave behind our most valuable resource for success. She incorporates her background in integrative nutrition, mindfulness, and hypnotherapy to help people work better by working healthy. And in today's episode, we talk about how to ask the right why to find your way forward. And we go through an exercise during the podcast. She kind of gets me to the root of my why that I think you can easily take to your patients, your clients, yourself, anyone. Practical exercises to ground yourself in stressful situations. The use of metaphors to describe experiences. Sounds familiar if you're into uh, seeing people with pain. And how mindfulness can facilitate change. So I absolutely loved this episode. I took so much away from it. And I really think that the tools that Jeanette gives us in this episode, you can take with you anywhere. So a huge thanks to Jeanette, and thanks again for you to you all for tuning in in 2019. Enjoy. Hey, Jeanette, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I am
0: very excited to have this chat with you.
1: And so today we're going to talk about a lot of things. One of them being why the right way? I love how you said that before we went on air. And so let's talk about that. Is there a right way to why, to ask the why?
0: <laughs> well, I, I want to, yes, there is. And I think we should talk about first, maybe like, what's the wrong why? Because I right. think that's where we get stuck, right? We, there are so many questions in our head every day. And there's so many thoughts in our head every day. And we ask ourselves, if you notice, if you you know, I think most people don't realize, but they're asking themselves questions all the time because we're looking for answers. And so we're asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, and they're mostly unproductive questions because just like our thoughts, they are recurring. They're basically on repeat. They're the same ones that we are asking every single day because we're not finding the answer. And most of our, our, our whys are about why something is not working. Why is this not happening? Why is this not working? Why does this person not like me? Why is this project going the wrong way? Why am I uh, you know, not feeling good? So it brings our focus down the wrong road or down the wrong sort of alleyway because the way we then search for the answer is looking for exactly what we're asking, why is it not working? And you would think that that makes sense. Like we want to know why something is not working. But the way our unconscious mind is working for us is it will help us do what we ask it. So when we're asking the wrong why, it will give us the questions, it will give us the answers to the question we're asking, which is really not productive, because it's telling us why something's not working. And when we are, and you probably know this, like us human beings, we tend to automatically focus on what's not working.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's part of our survival mode, right? It's part of what has helped us survive for all these years is we're focusing on danger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we perpetuate this constant churning of thoughts in our head when we keep asking the wrong why. And. um so instead, if we can refocus our question, then our unconscious mind will help us find the answer.
2: So, and, oh, go ahead.
0: Yep. Yeah. And so, for example, a lot of times people go to bed and they're like, I don't know why this is not working. And, you know, they watch a movie and, and then they fall asleep. And then their unconscious mind is going all night on why this is not working. And you wake up feeling even more lousy than when you went to bed. If we're asking the right why, instead we ask, why do I want to create this? Or why do I want to, to have this in my life? Or why do I need to do this right now? So that we're actually in touch with, why am I doing what I'm doing? And then we can ask, what do I need so that I can do that? So that's the one step. There's several steps to the wrong way, actually. But that's the first step is to realize that when we ask differently, then we can say, What do I need so that I can?
1: Yeah, and that reminds me. So I'll use a real world example because this literally just happened a couple of weeks ago. I was hosting a public speaking course with Trisha Brook leading the course for four hours, which is amazing. And you know that's Trisha great. and that's how fantastic. great she is, right? Yeah. Yep. And fantastic. I was When I had first put this out to people, I had 60, 70 people saying, oh, I'm interested. I I can't wait. I can't wait. Then the course comes out at a very, very low price point, criminally low, if you will. (laughs) And we had like 11 people sign up. Hmm. And so... I was like, why, why is no one signing up for this? Why, is, why does no one want to do this? Why why, why, why why? does no one want to do this? Why does no one yeah. want to sign up? And so it's kind of like what you just said, how I was just yeah. so focused on why don't people want to do this? What yeah. did I do wrong? What can yeah. I do to fix this? Yeah. And so in that respect, what, are, what should I maybe have said to myself or maybe say to myself now moving forward if I decide to do this again? as far as the why, instead of saying, why didn't this work?
0: Right. So I think it's important that we, number one, that we acknowledge the fact, I feel like this didn't work. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about disregarding it. We're talking about not getting stuck in it, right? And so we're acknowledging the fact, wow, this is not working. But instead of keep asking why it's not working, we say, hmm, all right, let let me see what do I need so that I can make it work. What are some of the factors that happened that didn't, um, that didn't uh, create the results that I needed? What are the results that I'm looking for? Sometimes we need to go in and check on those too. We need to go in and check. So what are, what are some of the parameters that I want to do? Because I think one, sometimes we're looking for the big, you know, this is why I'm doing it, and it's really far out there in the future. And we're not looking at all the little whys we're doing something along the way. Right. And so that's one of the ways that we can create more of a step process is that we're looking at, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And what can I do so that I can make it work? And so for this example, I think it's the realization that, okay, it didn't work in terms of getting as many subscribers as we wanted. What do we need so that we can get more subscribers? because now you're then focusing on solutions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're not disregarding what didn't work, but you're not focusing on why it didn't work.
1: Got it.'re
0: yeah, on you're focusing on how to solve making it work for the next time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, one of the things that happened when I was a little girl was my mother was bipolar, so she, she lived I, I lived with depression in, in my you know, in my family life. And, and um, I always couldn't, I couldn't figure out why she would always want to live in the past of what was not working. Mm-hmm. She would always discuss for hours why something didn't work. And I kept saying to her, well, it's in the past. Can't we focus on how to make it work? And she would say to me, well, this is how I figure out how to make it work. And I'm like, well, it's not because you're never actually asking that question. You're never asking the question how do I make it work? And you're never asking the question, why do I want to make it work? So that I know how to readjust. Mm-hmm. Because I think if we know why we want to something, like what is the actual little purpose and the big purpose, then we can start looking at what are different ways we can do it.
1: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And and I like that that is sort of like you said, the step one in this finding the the why behind your why. And I also like that you said you don't disregard it. Right. You don't, because if you do that, then perhaps that's the end of the steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It is because, and I also think it it makes us suppress what's really going on. Then we also can't solve it. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: for example, if we are in a situation where we're feeling um, either emotional or physical pain or stress and frustration or some of those things, we tend to get stuck in the, in the why-nots, mm-hmm. right? I call it, we become why-nots. Why-nots, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we all know the why-nots, right? Oh, of course. Sometimes they turn into why-nos, but... <laughs> um, and and um and it's it's where we get really stuck and stressed out and frustrated because we're so constantly churning the same thoughts over
1: and then when you're in those why nots and i feel like that's born out of fear whether it be fear to try or fear to succeed or fear to failure yes and so if you're always well why didn't or why not then is that a crutch or is that something that maybe we're using, whether it be consciously or, or unconsciously, to keep us stuck in one place because we're fearful to move forward?
0: Yeah. A big part of it is that fear, that, that we are fear-driven people, really. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the consciousness around fear is so much more on alert and much higher than our curiosity. Granted, we need our curiosity to evolve, but it takes work to focus on curiosity. And I think also what has happened is we've gotten a little judgy about it. Like we think of it as negative and positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. But if instead we can think of it as fear and survival versus curiosity and creativity,
2: mm-hmm. I think we
0: can allow both to be there because I think we need both.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? And, and, um, and that's also how we find solutions. We find solutions by acknowledging what's not working and then moving into curiosity and saying, well, so wh- what am I looking for here? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? And how can I solve that? And if, again, we want to create an example from real life, a lot of times what I hear is people are tired, worn out, bordering exhaustion, fatigue, burnout, those kinds of things. And they're sort of wondering, why is my body not doing what I need it to do? And they get upset with themselves and they get upset with their body and, and feeling this, you know, there's a huge disconnect right now about, How we use our body as the most important tool we have every day. Because we're so confused about all the information that we have about how to take better care of ourselves. And we've sort of lost the connection of asking our bodies what do we need. Right? And so a lot of times when I see people sort of teetering on burnout and fatigue and all of these things that are that are so prevalent in our society today, they have lost the curiosity about what their body needs so that it can feel better? Mm-hmm. Or what do I need so that I'm not so stressed? What do I need so that I can perform at my best? What do I need so that I'm not so tired? What does my body need so that I feel less anxious? Right. So we're focusing on the problem of feeling anxious rather than what do I need so that I can feel less anxious, for example.
1: And how, how can someone work that out for themselves? How can they work out well what do i need do you have any tips or exercises that someone can do to help them obviously look a little bit more inward and and figure out what their body needs yeah
0: um if we don't pause for a moment we can't even listen you know how it is like we're running around and we're just focusing on getting you know getting through the day kind of thing instead of pausing for a moment. And that moment can be very, very brief. It's not like we have to sit down for an hour or two and trying to figure it out. Um, We tend to do that when we get stuck Googling for problems.
1: Uh, Yeah. You go (laughs) down the the Google rabbit hole.
0: Yes. Yes. And and interestingly enough, right? When you Google something, you're looking for the problem. Mm Mm-hmm right? We tend to look for what's not working there too, right? And then we Absolutely. come up with all the reasons. Like I get so many emails from people saying, oh, I'm so sick because all of this, I found this online and these are all my symptoms. But nobody has the results in there, right? Mm-hmm. So that's again, the information overload. We know too much about why it's not working, but we're not. And so one of the ways I say is, is just a really simple exercise where you breathe um, into your stomach so that you start getting your attention into the core of your body. And sometimes you might want to just ground yourself by breathing into your feet, like sort of this idea that you're breathing in and you're following the breath all the way into your feet. It's a really simple way to ground yourself. You can do it pretty much anywhere you are. You can do it in the middle of a meeting, just take a breath all the way there and just ground yourself. That's a simple way to just get back inside. Um, and and then as you're getting a little bit more of a sense of and and taking that moment to listen, because that's really what we need, right? We need to learn how to listen better to ourselves. It takes time, but you can start asking your body, how are you in there right now? What's going on? Because the reality is that we do know the answers, but we've gotten confused about all the information.
2: Well, when
1: there's so much information out there, it's hard to know what's right and what's helpful and what's not and i loved what you had said before we went on the air talking about this kind of overload and and this searching for answers and that through all this searching because we do it primarily probably based in fear whether that be your person in pain and you're trying to search of what's wrong with me yeah or you, like you said you can't sleep what's wrong with me you're anxious, what's wrong with me? All sort of fear-based stuff. And so when you have this much searching going on, like you said, you can't listen. Right. So why is that listening so important?
0: It's important um, because the, the answers are already there. And so we're not coming up with something new. Our bodies are pretty basic. They're kind of old. <laughs> they're really old operating system, right? It's very basic stuff that we need. We need water, we need food, we need sleep. That's just to survive. And most people today are not taking care of their core basic needs. So they're shifting into survival mode just trying to catch up. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we feel like we're running out of time. What we're running out of is focus. We're not running out of time. We're running out of focus.
1: Mm-hmm. And... How can you, if you're working with the client, how can you reframe that for them? Because if someone's coming to you as, as a health coach, to myself, as a physical therapist, and they're in survival mode, they've got their sympathetic nervous system is running on fumes and running yep. high. How can we get them to focus?
0: Again, it's the listening. It's the slowing down for just a moment because we need the cortisol levels to calm down. And just like you're saying, also the nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're building in little breaks into our day or little pauses, then we can start using those moments to just do the, let me check into my body and just for a moment say, how am I in there right now? And when we start learning how to even just listen to how am I in there right now and accepting whatever that is, it can be, I'm exhausted. But what happens is that then instead of, focusing on being exhausted or having pain all day long. If we focus on what do I need so that I can, then we start looking at what are some of the other elements that we have. And so when our cortisol levels are running really high, the listening is hard. It -hmm. really is hard. It really, it's it's also what happens when you're meeting people um, in a, situation at work and you're realizing they didn't hear a thing you said
2: because, uh, were, yeah.
0: you know, they're just running on survival mode. They're thinking about what's next and, and you're misusing your time because nobody's focused on what's actually being said. Nobody's listening. So it goes to everything. It goes not just to our own bodies. It also becomes each other,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so uh, I know that mindfulness and meditation has sort of gotten both a little bit of a, oh, that's the new next new thing it's also the first old thing (laughs) like it's a really old thing yeah (laughs) to to meditate um and i'm not saying we have to meditate to to do this but through meditation we learn to just sit for a moment and listen and it's the listening process that happens when we're quiet and when we ask when we ask the right why, we can start listening with curiosity.
1: And Versus it's the listening with, yeah. I was listening. going to say, versus the, the fear and the, the uncertainty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're listening with curiosity, we're listening for what do I need? How can I? I wonder how to solve this. And it's also what we need to be creative, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We can't be creative under stress.
1: No, it's very, very difficult.
0: Yep. We don't solve problems in a new way under stress. We just repeat what we've always done. And,
1: and then, then that's... wonder why we can't solve the problem.
0: Yeah. And that's where we get stuck, right? And then that's where we then get stuck. Like it's this whole stuckness that's happening. And it's it's really twirling us around and getting us even more confused and overloaded.
1: Exactly. And so then... If you get someone who's in that state who they're not listening, you're trying to give them all of this great, helpful information, but they're not listening. Do you have any techniques, whether that be the way that maybe you speak to them? Are you motivational interviewing? Are you trying to allow them to figure out the solution within themselves with you guiding them? How do you do that? A lot of times just
0: asking people how they feel,
1: forcing them to actually
0: notice how they feel because we're, we're not really trained to be allowed to check in that way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Like, so I just think we're, we're focusing
0: at- on physical pain, right? We, we might focus, we might notice the physical pain. If we have physical pain, we notice the anxiety and the depression and we're like, but we're labeling it. Mm-hmm. If we're starting to ask more deeply, how does that feel? So I have them explain the feeling. It may be that it's, it, it's a color. It may be that it has an energy of, oh, it feels like scissors. Or mm, it kind of feels like um, fluffy flowers on green grass. Like, so if we start noticing what it actually feels like, we start having a relationship with the feeling, not just a label. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's the label that gets us stuck. And then we can start going into, actually, what does that feel like?
1: Yeah, I always like to ask those questions. And I think, like you said, using those metaphors, because people will explain their pain in metaphors quite often. Yes. And then how can you take that metaphor and adjust that so that it's not a big, scary thing? Like, it's, it's like a knife in my side, or it's like... Like it would be great if someone said it's like a bed of beautiful flowers on 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 uh, white fluffy clouds, um, <laughs> but oftentimes they are these sort of more violent, right. uh, invasive metaphors, which is very hard to. It's hard to find the positive of it's like a knife in my side.
0: Mm-hmm. But right? then one of the things we can do is say how what do you need so that you can get the knife out? Mm-hmm. And if we're asking in that way, the body starts to answer. The body might say, and if it's like a knife, and it might not make sense. I think part of the problem is we're, we're uh, meaning making. We're trying to make meaning yeah. out of everything instead of just having a relationship with it. Instead of just having an experience and a relationship with how we feel, we're trying to make meaning out of it and explain it.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: that's part of why we go into the wrong why. Mm -hmm. Because now we're focusing on what that is. So instead, if we can just have an experience of it and say, oh, that pain feels like a knife in my side. Well, what do you need so that you can get the knife out? Or what does the knife need? Sometimes we can ask, what does the knife need? Right?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then, you know, I'm not having that metaphor in me right now. So I, it would be a, a, a more of a brainy version of an answer that I would come up with right now. But if, if I had that feeling of a knife in my side, well, maybe it's um, if I tune into that for a moment, maybe somebody would say, um, I just need so-and-so to not be so angry with me. Mm-hmm. And so even though it may be a physical pain that we're talking about, there might be an emotional relationship underlying it.
1: And there usually is. Yep. And there usually is. There's, I mean, especially if you're talking long-term issues, like you said, you were talking about anxiety, depression, pain. Oftentimes, these are persistent problems. And so there is, in my opinion, I don't know that science can back this up. I'm talking from my personal experience that there is always some sort of an underlying emotional baggage along with that.
0: Yep. And there actually is. If you, um, I'm actually certified in something called meta medicine, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a German um, doctor who did uh, eighty thousand brain uh, scans and realized that there was a relationship between unresolved emotional trauma and physical manifestation of pain or mm-hmm. disease. And so they act they sort of proved mind body medicine, but Chinese medicine has also seen this relationship for a long time, and so there is, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not flat 2d kind of people.
1: Right. Right.
0: You know, we're really like complex network of integrative, you know, communication, which is what's beautiful about it, which is why asking the right why helps shift so many things Mm -hmm. because we are in this sort of energetic experience of a relationship that's mixed between our emotions, our actions how we feel, our felt sense, we are, you know, we think we're making decisions based on something that's very intellectual and strategic. We're not. We might create data around that first, but if eventually the, the relationship we have with the, with, with the choices we make are emotional.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I always give the example of when you buy a car, you might check the mileage. You might check all of these things. You might check what's going to cost you to own the car, but what makes you buy it is how it feels to drive it.
1: Yep. That's why you got to take it for a spin.
0: Yep. It is you sitting in that car feeling good that makes you buy that car.
1: Yeah, no question. And, and like you said, kind of bringing it back to the very beginning of asking that instead of saying, why is this not working? Why is this not working? But looking inward and trying to uh, take the time to listen to yourself and to your needs or perhaps listen to whether it be your health coach or doctor or friend or relative. But taking the time to listen and go inward is like taking yourself for a test drive yeah. and kind of seeing how that works.
0: Yep. Yeah. Because if we can start learning how to check in with a felt sense, we realize it's there all the time. Like you don't have to sit for half an hour to check in how you feel. It's, It's like very instant. If we start checking it, like, because the reality is you walk down the street and you meet 10 different people, 10 different people. If you are in touch with your felt sense, you will have a, some kind of a felt sense, emotional, tiny, tiny effect from every single thing. Like I drive by somebody, I used to ride a motorcycle. So if I see a motorcycle on the street, all of a sudden I feel room inside my entire body, right? If I walk by an ice cream, I'm like, oh, I feel like a little girl because I had ice cream. Like we have all of these felt senses and we we don't have to register them all. That's not my point. But my point is that if we can allow them to be alive and just have them and check in with them, then when we're not feeling great, We can also have that relationship and be like oh wait a minute something's off right now what do i need oh sometimes it's just like wait a minute i need a glass of water Mm -hmm. i'm feeling a little tired and so you know the the tired piece i think is a is an interesting because our our unconscious mind is so much part of our daily lives and i'm also trained as a hypnotherapist so it's not really because I want to put people in trance. It's because I want it to understand the importance of our unconscious mind. And when we give it a job, it will do the job for us. So it will be running around looking for the answers in the background.
2: Right?
0: And so, for example, when I travel um, and have had like a, if it's a time difference, I will always set my clock to the time that I'm going to land within an hour of being on the airplane because now I'm tricking my mind into the new time zone already and so when I land I don't go oh my god I lost all this sleep I go oh my god it's morning and I will see I it's amazing how good I feel so if I say to my if I'm focusing on wow it's amazing how good I feel even though I didn't have a lot of sleep then I can keep looking at how do I feel how do I jazz up my energy but we tend to think about all the time like oh I'm so tired Tired because I didn't get my sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right, and it's it's a small it's because our mind like if we're if we are visualizing or that's why the self talk is so important because if we're con- constantly telling ourselves what's not working, our bodies will feel the same way. It's like how it's how athletes are practicing for um, breaking a record. Mm-hmm. They imagine they're doing it over and over and over and their body doesn't know the difference between having done it or having thought it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we work with, um, or I, physical therapists, myself included, work with persistent pain patients using a method called graded motor imagery that was developed by uh, some physical therapists in Australia. And part of it is this uh, implicit motor learning where you know, first you start out kind of localizing your left and right, and then you go into imagined movements and, uh, or, or sometimes people have a hard time even imagining themselves moving. So we tell them just go to the park and watch other people move. Yep. Yep. You know, if if it's too hard for you to do it, you can watch someone else do it, but you have this implicit motor learning and then explicit motor learning. And part of that is, like you said, imagining yourself doing all of these things to the best of your ability, it's pain-free, and you're doing them well. Yeah. yeah. And it, it makes a difference. Yeah. It's,
0: imagine, it, it, it's amazing how much we set ourselves up by how we are talking to ourselves. Our self-talk really creates our, real, our experience, and that's one of the reasons why I always say that mindfulness is how we help ourselves change the experience we have with what happens so without mindfulness we can't pause just listen to what it really is we just go into reaction mode
2: Mm -hmm.
0: right and it's a lot of times what also happens when people are trying to change habits like they don't they don't pause for a moment and just be like wait a minute let me choose what i'm doing about this rather than just doing what i've always done because i'm not thinking about it
1: yeah and i love that you're using sort of mindfulness not so much in uh, the sense that you have to sit for 20 minutes to an hour meditating right. because I think that's really intimidating to a lot of folks. It is, yeah. Um, which I'm sure you have experienced with clients and and people uh, that you work with in different industries. Uh, yeah. So it's nice to even have a shift in that word mindfulness to make it seem not as daunting for people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if we can can look at mindfulness as um, as what we do when we pay attention, what we do when we're consciously making choices. Then we can look at mindfulness as a way of taking charge
2: mm-hmm.
0: and a way of deciding things that will work for us, rather than looking at it. I think meditation is is important, but meditation is how we learn about listening it's how we learn about mindfulness is how we learn to be still with ourselves and but if we can't do it we can learn to be mindful in other ways i do think we need to pause
1: yeah for sure
0: if we don't pause and if we don't listen there is no mindfulness there is no paying attention
1: yeah you're just always like running off of whether that be adrenaline or running off of fear yeah. and just spurting out what comes to mind instead of taking a step back and thinking, okay, hold on a second. Where am I right now? Let me check in with myself, and this is how I'm going to respond.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think if we look at it in sort of like a little bit of an overview of what we're talking about, this idea that we pause, just take a breath and listen and ask inside, how am I right now in there? That's a simple practice that everybody can start doing. And just noticing what the body wants to say. And in the beginning, it might not say anything. And then that's okay. Just notice that. My body doesn't say anything. That's okay. Because if, we, if we're always taking over because we need a fast result, then we don't get to listen, right? We, we need to allow to train ourselves to listen. And I think the other thing about asking the right why is also starting to learn to ask the reason why, so this is a little sort of exercise you can do. So, for example, let's say, um, what's a basic daily example you want to take? Um, something that we're wondering about. Why am I, um, why, why am I not something? What, what can we say? Uh,
1: um, how about, let's say something like, why am I not getting the promotion that I feel like I deserve?
0: Ooh, I like that one. Okay. So the opposite side of that, what's, if we flip the coin, Okay, we can say, what I want is I want the promotion. Now let's ask the reason why I want the promotion is, and then you say back to me, the reason why I want the promotion is, and then you say whatever comes up really fast.
1: Yeah, so the reason why I want the promotion is to have a, a more, more stable financial situation.
0: Okay. The reason why I want to have a more financial stable situation is?
1: Is so that I can uh, have more have the ability to spend more time going out with friends and family or maybe taking a vacation.
0: Hmm. The reason why I want to have more time with my friends and family and take a vacation is?
1: Because it's a way that I relax and I like doing it
0: mm and the reason why I like to relax is it makes me feel good Okay, and the reason why it makes me feel good is is
1: because I'm less stressed and I feel like I can um, relax and recharge Mm -hmm. and and Then it also helps me to come up with maybe new ideas and be more creative like you like we were talking about in the beginning so versus always worrying about the day-to-day stuff, it allows me time to just decompress and then be more creative.
0: Right. So this is the way that we can unravel our why a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like peeling an onion. Go deeper into the why. Because now we're really establishing why it matters. Now we're really anchoring it into the body why we want this. Mm -hmm. And now we're having a relationship with it. So I think it's about creating a relationship. That's step two, right? We're creating a relationship with our why. We want to make it matter. So it doesn't just become this huge thing over there. And then the third step is that we start making a plan for how to get there. What are the small whys? We're doing something so that we have small goals. It's a little bit like what happens when people go on a diet, for example, right? Right year new year people want to get healthy so if we don't have a relationship with what that really looks like we're not looking at all the small whys that come all along the way we're not looking at how do i feel every day we're not looking at all the little things that will help us get there so we end up losing sight of that big why that we have out there because we didn't make it into an everyday felt sense experience
1: yeah, and this reminds me of something that my father said to me years ago, and I just used in a speech that I gave to some physical therapy stu- uh, graduate students. And it's the the concept of destination anxiety, where we're so focused on the end goal, let's use yours of I want to lose weight in the new year, that we're only focused on that, but we're losing the day-to-day goals or the day-to-day whys because we're not open and we're not listening
2: right. to
1: what's happening on a daily basis because all we're seeing is, I want to lose 10 pounds. Right. And, and that's it. Yep. And so if you're going into the why, I think that's also great, well, why do you want to lose that 10 pounds? Well, why, yep. why, why? Right. And then to get down into those individual days and those little individual whys or individual goals, if you're so focused on the destination and then you create a whole anxiety around that, you're, not, you're missing everything else in
2: between.
0: Yeah. And what also happens is we go into self-care overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, or maybe even self-care burnout. Because there's so many things we have to do every day to take care of ourselves. I might as well give up now.
1: Yeah. And I've been, been there, done that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm sure we all have at some point. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because it feels so overwhelming to get healthy. But if it's just like, for example, no, I just today I'm going to focus on drinking more water.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: because what happens if you're drinking more water just that simple thing not only is it our most essential need to come out of survival mode but just drinking more water we don't feel as tired we're less anxious we're less impatient we have more focus we have more energy we have less sugar cravings hello all of a sudden all these other things that we would all of a sudden always struggle with go away because we're drinking more water hmm and it's, sometimes it's, so, it's so, so simple and so basic that people are like, I don't believe it. And then they start doing it and they're like, oh my God, I have less sugar cravings. Oh my God, I have more energy. Oh my God, I'm more focused. Because there's a root cause of our problem and then there's a manifestation of a problem. And we tend to only look at the manifestation of a problem and that's why we get focused on the why nots. When we look for the, what really is causing it, the problem, it's, we're turning that into the same uh, same issue or the same way of looking at it here when we're looking for how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. How do we change it? We look for the root of it. We look for the real why, we're, the real reason why we do something, right?
1: Does yeah. that make sense? Like it a hundred percent. Like,
0: yeah, you know that too. Like you see physical pain manifest, but you're really looking for the root cause. Mm-hmm. If you're just fixing something, we're ending up in in a world of, of just band-aids and medicine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that's where um we as healthcare practitioners, health coaches, we're not fixers. We're facilitators. We're guides. Yes. We're coaches. We're there to help people see what's there, what they already have, and allowing that to come out. Yes, and allowing that to be their predominant uh, hardware, if you will. Yes. Versus basing everything on, like you said, the why nots, and the yes. why knows, and yes. the and yes. the um, the fear, fear based decision making, and all that kind of stuff. So yes. I think that makes perfect sense. And now, is there anything that Uh, we missed that you want to be like, oh, I really want to make this the the sticking point. I really want the listeners to remember this.
2: Mm.
0: I think the the real thing that makes a big change in our lives is that we acknowledge how we feel. We notice it, right? We accept how we feel instead of going into, oh, I wish it was different. Because you can't change something you wish were different. What do you mean? like it, what do well, you mean we can't change it well we can't change based on wish it was different yeah we can we can change it based on this is how it is uh-huh. If uh-huh we're wishing it was different we're starting from the wrong place mm-hmm. does that make sense
2: yeah absolutely like, i wish
0: i hadn't done that well you did <laughs> yeah
1: It's so simple, right? I'm laughing because it's so simple. But we all, like you say, get so fixated on the past. And man, I wish I did this or I wish I did that. And you're like, well, too late. Yeah, stop. What are you going to do? Right.
0: Yeah. Like, be here now. Mm -hmm. Be here and look at what it is. Even if it's so bad, just accept that and be like, it's so bad. But what can I do so that I can? Mm -hmm. So we can always go there. What do I need so that I can? And that is something we can all learn how to ask ourselves immediately.
1: I love that. What do I need so I can? Perfect. I'm going to use that with my patients. That sounds what great. What do you need so you can? That's perfect. Yeah. And now, yeah. where, here's, here's what I need to know and probably what the listeners need to know, and it's where can people find you?
0: They can find my blog, where there's tons of articles and information that is turned into wisdom because I apply it rather than nice. just pouring more out. It's something that I'm very dedicated to: is to explain the why, rather than just giving more information. Um, and that's on my blog, that is forlife.com.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, and can that you is say, also can you say that one more time because it just got cut out a little bit.
0: Yep, pathforlife.com. Perfect. And for as an F O R, not. not the number. So pathforlife.com is the blog with all kinds of uh, resources. Um, And I also have my um, company wellness uh, website, which is where people can find me for uh, speeches, keynotes, um, workshops, and companies and things like that. I do executive coaching there as well. So that's jeannettebroney.com. And if somebody wants an individual session with me, they can find me on pathforlife.com.
1: Perfect. And I also want to let all the listeners know that you've been very generous in offering a a free gift and uh, 30% off your yearly online program. Yes. Um, And once you sign up, you're a lifetime member, which I love and 100% believe in. Um, And so the uh what would be that 30% off code or do you want we because we'll put all we of put this,
0: that in the show notes? Yeah but we'll it, put
1: it all in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. But it's basically selfnourishment.pathforlife.com forward slash and you tell me what you want the code to be.
1: Uh healthy? Healthy, you got it. Perfect. So we will have for all the listeners, um thank you so much Jeanette for offering that to the listeners. And um, we will have all that in the show notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So, Jeanette, thank you so much for coming on. And this was a pleasure. And you've really got, gotten me thinking of what I can do with my own patients and even with myself a little differently. So thank you. That's great. Thank you so much. I loved chatting with you here. Great. And everyone else, uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy and smart.
0: Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.